everyone. You're listening to Ed Young Radio, Ed Pastors Fellowship Church, and we want to thank you for listening with us. These next few minutes together can change your life, and you can always hear more by visiting edyoung.com. Enjoy the message. You know, I was thinking before I walked on stage about Christianity, and I really believe what I'm going to say, and this is going to be a sort of shocking statement sort of a shot to the solar plexus. Most people who think they're Christians aren't. Let me, let me say that again. Most people who go by the label of Christians are not followers of Christ. Having said that, let me welcome you to Fellowship Church, (laughs) one church in many locations. I want to welcome our Hutchins and Estes units, our prison campuses. We love those. (laughs) Dallas, Fort Worth, Keller, Southlake, Miami, Salina Prosper, Alasso Ranch. I'm reading a list now. Fellowship Live. We, We are seeing right now in many different locations, not only here domestically, but also internationally. And one of the cool things about that is that because of technology, we can do so. We can do certain things here at this broadcast campus, and in a nanosecond, they're seen and experienced by people all over the place. I think that's very pertinent to what I'm talking about today because I'm in a series through the book of Ephesians. Ephesians, it's kind of an anointed email. And the book of Ephesians was an email, you could say, a letter full of energy to the church at Ephesus. When the church received this letter, they took the letter and circulated it amongst their various multi-sites, their various campuses. So what I'm doing today is really old school. And this letter that we're going to listen to and understand really hits us right where we are because not only was it addressed to the Ephesians, it's also addressed to Christians everywhere. Last time, we talked about our capacity. That's right, our capacity. Tall, grande, vente. What's your capacity? I'm not talking about Starbucks. I'm talking about something much bigger and broader. If you missed it, check it out on fellowshipchurch.com. The first installment, I talked about our identity. Our identity, your identity, is in the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. In fact, my identity shouldn't be in what I have or don't have, shouldn't be what I drive or where I live or what I wear. The true identity, your true identity, is not even found on our driver's license or our birth certificate or a passport. It is who we are in the Lord. And a lot of us, even as believers, don't understand our true identity. We've been talking about that. Well, today, oh yeah, you'll love it. I'm talking about our security. But I did start off with a negative statement. And I'm even going to get more negative before we get positive. Now, I'm sure you love the Beatles song, and and I'm going to kind of play off of that because, because God is going to take a sad song and make it better. But first, we got to get sad. And in an area like this, when I talk about salvation, when I talk about people getting saved, I've got to spend some time getting a lot of people unsaved before they can get saved. 
because most people who think they're Christians aren't. Well, let's look at a very negative subject. Are you ready? The sinfulness of sin. Say it with me. The sinfulness of sin. Sin is not good. Sin is bad. All of us have been in a graveyard, spiritually speaking. Dead in sin. Dead in our trespasses. Dead. You've been to a funeral before. You've seen a body. The body is unresponsive. Doesn't laugh, smile. Doesn't move around. It's, it's dead. Dead. And Paul says you were dead because of your sin. Dead. Well, let's read uh, this section, the sinfulness of sin, Ephesians chapter two, verses one through three. As for you, you were dead. You were in the graveyard in your transgressions and sins. Isn't it true we have a lot of people who are walking dead? Isn't it true we have a lot of people in our world today that are alive, but they're dead? And people walk around and go, yeah, I'm spiritual. Everything is spiritual, but a lot of people are spiritually dead, unresponsive, flatlined. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live. Those of us who are Christians, we used to live in the graveyard. When you followed the ways, okay, here we go, of this world, the world. Now, the world is the first part of a synody. I didn't say trinity. Synody. Synody. The world. Say the world with me. The world. That's the world system. And the Bible says in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, don't let the world squeeze you into its mold. Back in the day when I was a kid, and and this is uh, extremely dangerous. They don't make toys like this now. I bought a creepy crawler set. And, and you could take this goop and put it in these molds and boil it. And, and, and from the molds, you would have these creepy crawler things. They were gross. They were cool because you could use them to scare the girls. <laughs> like that. So often we let the world squeeze us into its mold, do we not? And at the end, we look like creepy crawlers. The world, the devil, the flesh. And this is bad, Ed. Most people who think they're saved aren't. Oh, man, are you kidding me? But God took a sad song and made it better. That's what Paul says. He's going to flip the script here, Ephesians chapter 2, verses 4 and 5. But you got to love those transitional phrases. But because of his great love for us, God is a God of love. It's intrinsic. Even if there were no such thing as sinners like you and me, God would be all about love. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy. What's mercy? It's when we don't get what we deserve. Say mercy. It's when we don't get what we deserve. What do we deserve? Hell, what do we deserve? Eternal separation from God. That's what we deserve. But mercy is we don't get what we deserve. I like that. God, who's rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ. Okay, again, we're in the graveyard. Dead. Flatline. 
non-responsive. What did Jesus do? Jesus died on the cross for our sins. We died with him. Rose again, we rose with him. Now he sits at the right hand of the Father. We're sitting there with him. So we have experienced that. We have been resurrected from the graveyard to a new life. Notice though, Jesus doesn't leave us in the graveyard. There's stuff for us to do. So your conversion, my conversion, isn't the end game, it's the beginning game. Now, now, now hold that thought just for a second before I get too excited. But because of his great love for us, God who is rich in mercy, made us alive, us alive, and I cannot wrap my brain around that, no one can, with Christ even when we were dead in our transgressions. So think about a dead body. Think about a dead person. It is by grace. What's grace? Say grace with me. Grace. It's when we get what we don't deserve. It is by grace that you've been saved. So God is about mercy. We don't get what we deserve. And he's about grace. We get what we don't deserve. So the sinfulness of sin. Now, let's talk about the greatness of grace. Because when I understand the greatness of grace, then I understand the sinfulness of sin. And when I understand the sinfulness of sin, then I understand the gratefulness of grace. Ephesians chapter two, verse eight. And, and, and just, just three words. And, and once you get these three words in this order, you'll understand salvation. By through, for. Say it with me. By, through, for. Once again, by, through, for. For it is by grace you've been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance, in advance for us to do. Wow, that's crazy, man. By grace, I'm saved by grace. By grace alone, through faith alone. By grace alone, through faith alone, I'm saved. There's Nothing I can do to merit what God has done for me. Nothing. He has taken the complete initiative. I have the thirst to drink water. So do you. God's given me that capacity, that desire for thirst. But I have to drink. We're made in the image of God. God has given us a thirst for living water. Jesus and the reason we have that thirst is because God made that thirst in our lives. But we have to drink. It goes back to what I've said so often. The sovereignty of God and the free will of man are two rivers that only meet in the mind 
of our Lord. We'll never understand it. We're saved by grace alone, through faith alone. I can offer God nothing, nada, zilch, I, nothing. It's, just, it's, just all, it's all God. Now I have a choice, but it's all God. It's all God. Grace. By grace. Through faith. Now notice, it's not just believing in Jesus. That's why I said earlier, most people who think they're Christians aren't. People say, oh yeah, I believe in Jesus. Okay, good. What does that mean? It means you believe in Jesus. I can walk down here and go, I believe in that chair. I, I believe in that chair, man. I'm telling you I do. Intellectually, I believe it. I believe in the chair, but I don't really believe on the chair until I put my 213 pounds of lean muscle <laughs> on the chair. Now I believe on the chair. Does that make sense to you? Oh, I can say, oh yeah, I believe in Jesus, but it doesn't happen until I say, I believe on Jesus, his death, burial, and resurrection, eternal life, forgiveness, cleansing, for it is by grace that you've been saved through faith. This is not of yourselves. It's the gift of God. When we receive gifts during Christmas time, a gift demands a response. You either receive it or not. And God's given us the ability just to receive the gift. <laughs> but again, it's your choice and mine. Wow. Not by works. Can you imagine, what we, can you imagine if, we could, if we could be saved by works? What kind of place heaven would be? Oh, man. <laughs> I preached all these sermons, man. <laughs> and yeah, I had the opportunity to work at Fellowship Church. This church was massive, man. That's why I'm in heaven. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm in heaven because I gave this and gave that. And, oh, I'm in heaven because I worked on the mission field. And I'm in heaven because I led worship. And I'm in heaven. I mean, those things are fine and good, but it's by grace. If it were by works, you know, we would boast. And see, this just, this stuff gets up in the grill of our ego, doesn't it? We don't, we don't, we, we, we have a hard time even entertaining the thought of something that we don't deserve that's this amazing, that's this loving. Wow. And I think as I look at the church world and as I have talked and spoken to the church world for, for a good many years, I, I think we have overly emphasized grace. Again, we're saved by grace alone, through faith alone. We need to understand that. But we have just talked about the first two words, by grace and through faith and then it's like, oh, for we are God's workmanship. You get it? So if I am truly saved, then what God has worked in my life through salvation, I will work out through my works. I'm not saved by works, but works show that I've received the work of Jesus on the cross. 
What did Jesus say? I'll know my followers by the fruits they produce. Jesus will be able to see the good works. So if I'm a believer, I'm going to have works. And, 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 and we've minimized works. We just talk about freedom and grace and mercy and God's a God of love. And all that is true. And we need to sing that and, and say that and exalt that. But how about working out? We're not saved and salvation is not the end game. It's the beginning of something amazing. So for we're God's handiwork. What this word means in the original language, let me pronounce it, poemia. We're God's poem. We're his masterpiece. Picasso, a Renoir, one of a kind. We're God's handiwork. Created in Christ Jesus to do good works. To do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So, Grace has kicked the do-do out of us. What are you doing? Well, how do we do these works? I can do works that you can't do. You can do works that I can't do. Here's how it happens through three means. Number one, God's word. This is God's word to us. We hide it in our heart. We get it down, we put it in our mind through God's word, we read God's word. Now I've been challenging you to, to read through the book of Ephesians during this, this study. Then when we pray, the word is activated, the, the power is activated in every situation. You might be going through a temptation at school, it's active. You might be going through a decision that you need to, to make, maybe to hire a person or to release a person, God's going to give you the power in that situation. Maybe you're dealing with something, maybe an addiction or whatever, God's going to give you the power, the word, then you have the power of prayer. It releases it in a situation, a marital situation, a family situation, a situation with a wayward son or daughter, God's power. Then, this is going to mess you up. It messes me up every time I say it, but I got to say it. You got the word, you've got prayer. Do you know what the third thing is? Suffering. It's God's will that we suffer. It's throughout scripture. When I suffer, when I face my weaknesses, what does it do? It drives me back to the, what? Word, say it with me, word. I know they're saying it in Miami right now, word. It drives me back on my knees in prayer and then I face it again. Huh, so, so God has something that he is doing and wants to do in all of our lives. I've been, I've been sick lately. I've had this uh, sinus infection thing. I even had fever a couple of days ago. 
How many people have, have had some sinus problems recently? Amen. Hands are going up everywhere. <laughs> Thankfully, my great doctor is here, Dr. Perkins. And Dr. Perkins, there he is. Randy Perkins, he's a legend. Dr. Perkins. When I started feeling really bad, I, I, uh, I called Randy, and he began to you know, ask me about things. And you know what I love about Randy? He's a great doctor, but Randy is narrow-minded. I want a narrow-minded doctor. And then he called in for me some, some medication at CVS, and I walked in CVS, and I've been in there a couple of times, and I don't know why I've been doing this. I just called the pharmacist. Hey, pharmacist. They always laugh. I just do it for myself, not for an audience. I just thought it's fun, think it's funny. Hi, pharmacist. They go, oh, hi. And, and, I, and I said, you know, Dr. Perkins called in, you know, whatever. So I'm, I'm glad that my pharmacist, Randy, is narrow-minded. I really am. And then last week I was uh, flying on an airplane and there were two pilots, and I didn't know these pilots from Adam, but obviously the pilots were narrow-minded. They landed the plane and got off the plane. And, you know, I'm very happy, really happy about that. And also, you know, when I go to the bank, you might not be this way or have to do with anything, you know, financially, you know, in the financial realm. I want a banker that's <laughs> narrow-minded. But here's what's funny. When it comes to salvation, when it comes to Jesus saying, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, no one gets to the Father except through me, it's like, oh, that's, God, that's so narrow-minded. We want to be narrow-minded in things to do with medicine or sickness or finances, but when it comes to eternity or spiritual things, is this so true? Oh, yo, yo, you're, oh, you're a bit, you're being narrow-minded. Well, God's favor ain't fair. But, but, but Jesus said, I am the way, definite article number one, the truth, definite article number two, and the life, definite article number three. No one gets to the Father except by me. And that makes sense. I mean, I've got a cell phone number and there's only one number that can reach me. That's it. You don't just arbitrarily start dialing, you know, talk to Ed, man. No, you're the same way. I can't, I can't contact you. You only have one number. There's only one way. And this way is different than all the other religions. The other religions, there are three different types of religions. One religion is spelled D-O. Do this, do that, do this, do that. That's not Christianity. Another one is don't, don't, no, no, don't, 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 don't think about it. Don't, 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 don't. It's another religion. Christianity is unique. It's D-O-N-E. The work's been done. Jesus has already died on the cross for our sins. He's risen again. He's seated at the right hand of the Father. We're made with the capacity to drink the living water of Jesus. We either drink it or not. Yeah, but I didn't. Nope. I gotta jump through that hoop. Nope. I gotta clean this area up. Nope right where you are. We bring nothing to the table. Nothing, nothing. Have you? Have you been saved? Last thing, one quick story, a romantic story, ladies. I saw this hot girl in Sunday school in the ninth grade, and I was like, man, that girl is gorgeous. 
Whew. So I called her and I got to know her and we started talking. Is that what you're saying now? Still talking? Is that, is, is that, is, 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 is that the phrase? Talking, is it? No one knows. <laughs> and then after a while, and I don't recommend this, don't try this at home. After three months, <laughs> I, I just turned 15. I go, Lisa, I love you. I was 15 years old. Again, don't, I'm not recommending this. <laughs> and I waited. Because when you say that, even when you're 15, I mean, I was all in at 15. I'm like, this girl, wow, I love you. And I waited. Will she say it back? I think she will. Is she going to say it back? I mean, you know, angst and anxiety. I love you too. And then I told her, you're going to think I'm really crazy. I am a little crazy. I said, I'm going to marry you. I was 15. She goes, well, I don't know. Um, I, I would like to become a flight attendant. And I'm not sure about that. But six years later, we did get married. We've been married for 35 years. So I took the complete initiative. Totally me. She, I mean, I just, whoa, ho, ho. I love you. Then, waited, waited, waited. She said, I love you too. That's what the God of the universe is waiting for you to say. Think about the cross. Jesus, I love you this much. You matter to me. I've made you with a capacity, a thirst for me. It's by grace, through faith, for works. Make sure that you have believed on Jesus. Thank you for listening, and thanks to all who give so generously to this ministry. It's because of you that we can continue this show and equip people with the hope of heaven. You can click the link in the description to support the show or visit edyoung.com. There you can also be resourced with bonus content for free, including a daily devotional. We also encourage you to share the message today with those around you. Thank you again for listening. God bless.